0: Today is Thursday, October 4th, 2018, I'm Michael Coyne, you're listening to Liberty Caller. So I did a podcast a while ago where instead of talking politics I talked about my faith. I talked about uh, being a Christian and the Christian life and things like that and it actually got a really good response. And I, I followed up with that saying I wanted to do something like that more regularly. So. I'm launching something today, may or may not stick, but I kind of hope it does. I'm tentatively calling it Theology Thursdays, where instead of talking about politics and, for example, the Kavanaugh hearings, the FBI investigation, all the nonsense that is going on in Washington, I talk a little bit about the Bible, about theology, about the church, about Christianity. Um, So if you're not interested in that, now would be the time where you can depart, uh, If even if you're not going to listen to the rest of this episode, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes, make sure you're subscribed, we'll get back to politics with our next podcast. Okay, so hopping back in, I want to start with the reading of a Bible verse. This comes from Galatians 2.16, God's Word translation. Yet we know that people don't receive God's approval by any effort to follow the laws in the scriptures, but only by believing in Jesus Christ. So we also believed in Jesus Christ in order to receive God's approval by faith in Christ and not by our own efforts. People won't receive God's approval by their own efforts. Now, there's a reason I want to talk a little bit about that verse today. It's been on my mind a little bit. The whole question, I seem to see people discussing it a lot I hear people discussing a lot what do I have to do to get to heaven or oh he's probably going to heaven he lived a good life things like that we have this sort of natural innate tendency as humans to think that we have to do something to earn things I, I completely understand that that's that's really built into us it's very ingrained in in our DNA, we have to do this to receive outcome X, whatever the outcome is going to be. It's very counterintuitive to put our trust outside of ourselves, but that's exactly what Christians are called to do. We're called to put our trust in, in this case, our God, God's son, Jesus Christ, that the work has already been done, that... There is nothing left for us to do, and anything we do do or accomplish will not actually contribute to our salvation because that work has already been done. Now, here's the interesting part of that. I hear a common criticism from from some corners, some people who argue for a different theology or something like that, well, it can't be that simple because believing in christ even the devil believes in christ well no the devil knows that jesus exists the devil knows that god exists the devil has knowledge of god of christ of heaven of hell but he doesn't put his faith in jesus christ he doesn't trust in jesus christ and that's a big difference that's a very important distinction There are all kinds of people on this earth who have knowledge of the Bible, of various religious traditions, who know in their head what the words are printed on a page there, but they don't trust in them. They read them in an academic sense, the same way that I might read the Bhagavad Gita or the Quran or something like that. It's not necessarily that I have a problem with people who believe in those respective religions, but I'm reading it from an academic sense. I'm reading it from, you know, the point of view that I want to learn. I'm gaining knowledge, not faith. That's a big difference. See, the devil fell from heaven. People argue over how all of that came to pass, but... The devil fell from heaven fundamentally because he didn't trust God. He thought he knew better than God. And that's why the most common depiction of the archangel Michael, St. Michael, is literally Michael crushing Satan, usually depicted as a snake-like creature, a dragon. This all comes from the book of Revelations, by the way. Just crushing him under his foot. See, nobody knows better than God. Nobody knows better than God. Now, what we learn in that reading in Galatians is that what the Apostle Paul writes there is that those who trust in Jesus Christ, those not just believe that he existed or believe that he died on the cross, but who put their trust in his promise, which came earlier during the Gospels, Those who put their trust, their absolute trust in Christ Jesus will be saved by Christ Jesus. Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. What does that mean? Trust me. Put your trust in me. Not just put your knowledge in me. Sometimes people misinterpret faith a little bit to just simply mean belief or knowledge. No, faith is also trust. Faith is trust. Trust that I will keep my promise to you. Trust that I will lift you up. Trust that I will save you. But it's more than that, isn't it? Because trusting that you are among the redeemed is one thing, but how do you know you're believing in the right God? Now we're getting to the crucial point. See, I don't just trust Jesus to save me so that when I die, when I pass away, I will be united with him. I trust that when I fail or falter in this life, Jesus will pick me back up. When I do something that is against his will, when I sin, because let's face it, I am not perfect. I am far from perfect. I have a past that will certainly attest to that. I think we all do. When I fail, when I falter, Jesus will pick me back up. He will put me back on the right path. I trust him to pick me up and put me back on the right path. See, I don't just trust him to make me happy. This is another criticism of the Reformation doctrine of uh, sola fide, uh, faith alone. We are justified by faith alone. Another criticism I hear very often is that, well, if all you've got to do is believe that you're saved, then everyone can be saved. Well, actually, that's kind of the point. We want as many people as possible. We want everyone to be saved. But it's more than just believing. As we already discussed, it's it's also about trusting. But trusting that the God of the Bible will put you on the right path. Now, there's a, a strong temptation. There's a lot of, of uh, bad theology out there that says, well... If you can trust God to do that, you can also trust God to make you rich. Uh, no, because the God of the Bible never promises to make you rich. That literally never happens. The God of the Bible never promises that he's going to turn you into Bill Gates. Just It doesn't happen that way. The God of the Bible promises that he will be with you through every trial and tribulation and every suffering. He promises you that when you sin, when you fail, when you stumble, he will pick you back up and he will put you back on the right path. But how do I know what the right path is? Um, the Bible, again. Study it, read it, learn it, live in it. And I'm not just talking about reading it like it's a, a novel. Okay, I read it, I'm done. The Bible is a collection of 66, uh, 73 if you're Catholic. 66 books that were written and compiled over thousands of years. If you just read the whole Bible in a long weekend, that I mean, congratulations, that's actually quite a feat, but you're not done. You're not done. There's another disturbing trend in theology where... People are being encouraged, basically, to reinvent God in their own image. The book of Genesis says we were created in God's image. This strand of theology, which has invaded many, many very good churches, pretty much inverts that and says you can recreate God in your image. If you want to look at porn, go look at porn. If you want to lie, go ahead and lie. If you want to cheat, go ahead and cheat. It doesn't matter. You're saved by faith anyway, right? You're saved by grace through faith anyway. So what does it matter what you do? Well, here's the issue with that. If that's your attitude, you're not putting your faith in the God of the Bible. You're not putting your faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was very harsh on sinners. Not just on the Pharisees with their arrogance. But does this sound familiar? If any of you causes one of these little children to sin, it's better that you should have a millstone tied around your neck and be thrown (laughs) into the ocean. That is the Jesus of the Bible. What kind of sin is he talking about? Well, I don't know. Jesus identified a lot of sins during his earthly ministry. Here's one. Married people, I'm looking at you. It has been said you shall not lie with with another man's wife. I'm here to tell you that if you so much as look at another woman's another woman lustfully, you've already committed adultery with you in her with her in your heart. Forgive my being tongue-tied there for a second. You've already committed adultery with her in your heart. So Jesus' standard for adultery, for cheating on your wife, is literally just looking at another woman lustfully. A second ago my example was porn. That's not by accident. Because that trend that trend of liberal theology doesn't have much to say about porn or same-sex activity, for example, or, or anything like that. Now, as a political issue, I told you this one wasn't about politics, this episode isn't about politics at all. As a political issue, we may not necessarily have any argument against those things. But what's permissible under the law isn't necessarily permissible with regards to the church, with regards to the faith. The Bible outlines all sorts of sins. But wait, I know I can hear you asking me. If it doesn't matter what we do, see that verse from Galatians that you just read said no one is saved by works of the law. You're not saved by keeping the law. Right, because you literally can't. It's impossible. However, that trust that you put in Jesus Christ is double-sided. There's a reason that the Bible uses the word faith so often, so much. There's a reason that the Reformers used the word faith instead of the word trust. Because faith does mean trust. But look at the root of the word. The Latin fide. Maybe you know the Marines' motto, Semper Fidelis. Always faithful. Faith also means fidelity. Faith means trust and fidelity. You should want to keep Christ's commands, knowing that you're saved, knowing that Christ lived that perfect life, for you and saved you even though you can't live that perfect life and you won't live that perfect life and even though you will fail, should drive you forward, should make you want to do more, to be faithful to him, to show God that you love him and appreciate him. If you imagine that every lash Christ took before being nailed to the cross, every pound of that hammer and nail, every prick that his forehead got from that crown of thorns, if you imagine each one of those represents one of your sins personally, that he paid the price for, he took the blame for it, even though he is the only one who lived a perfect life, an immaculate life, a flawless, blameless, blemishless life. He became that spotless lamb to be sacrificed for us. If you imagine that every pain that Christ endured was just one of your sins, you wouldn't lessen that by one if you could? I trust that Christ's sacrifice on the cross is sufficient to save me. Why? Because he promised me that his sacrifice on the cross would be sufficient to save me. I trust in that. I have absolute trust in that. I have faith that God keeps his promises and keeps his word. And because I have faith... In Christ's promises and Christ's word, I will also remain faithful to Him and to His commands. And remember Christ's summary of the law You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And the second commandment you shall love your neighbor as yourself. What does loving God mean? It means writing the scriptures on your heart and keeping them to the best of your ability, studying them as regularly as possible and as closely as possible. And when you realize you did something to violate those scriptures, realigning yourself to be more in keeping with those scriptures. That is God picking you up. I trust God to pick me up. I trust Christ to pick me up. I trust when the Bible says whoever believes and is baptized shall not perish but have eternal life. Whoever trusts in Christ and is baptized shall not perish but have eternal life. I have absolute faith in that statement. Absolute unequivocal faith in that statement. Not something I do, but something God did for me. Thank you very much for listening to our inaugural Theology Thursday. I'm Michael Coyne. This has been Liberty Caller. Please make sure you find us online. We are at libertycaller.net. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can subscribe to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Please do subscribe to us on iTunes if you can. Rate us five stars, please. If you don't like what you heard, um, rate us five stars anyway or simply leave no rating at all but but still subscribe um, we are very grateful that you took the time to listen to us today uh, once again I'm Michael Coyne and I will see you next time bye